The Reimagine Ambition podcast is all about sharing stories, tips, and new ways of thinking about being a working parent. Especially designed for dual working families, though everyone is welcome. We're living in this do it all world, and on the podcast, we're looking to spark dialogue and inspire each other to find new ways to buck the norm and find a more sustainable way to parent, work, and thrive. Today, I'm going to be interviewing um, Beverly Green. She's been a full time parent for 62 years, raising six of us while also completing her master's degree and finding a meaningful career in counseling after having me at the age of 42. So, when we talk about reinventing oneself, uh, Bev is a great example of reinventing yourself as a parent and a person. She also taught me, in particular, as a working mom and a mother that the quest for ambition has trade-offs and sacrifices. And sometimes you have to step back and really ask, is this what I really want? And is it worth it? And so mom, welcome. Mari, it's so nice to be here. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Thanks for being up for this. So for those of you that don't know my mom or me, we love to have a good debate. We love, even when it makes dad super nervous, uh, we love to debate each other. And we just find that it helps us challenge each other, come up with new ideas, and just learn something from each other. So mom, I've picked four statements that I want us to debate how true they are or bust them as myths, like like a myth buster. Um, And so challenge me. It, like say it like it is tell me what you really think and I'll do the same um, and most of these are geared towards something you and mm-hmm. I've talked about before anyway they're things that we would talk about on the regular so hopefully it's pretty easy um, okay so mythbuster number one working parents can have it all mom what do you think about that do you think we can well I know I encouraged you as a young child growing up Yes, you can have it all, you can do it all, and you can do it all at the same time and and all of that. Have the career, have the home, have everything. In our current um, society and and the way the economy is, it's almost impossible to have it all. And I see it coming and I see it happening, but I think women are going to have to change society and the economy to the point where it allows women to, um, to foster their dreams. Mm-hmm. And I think right now it's, it's doubly hard because the schools are not on work schedules and all of that. And I think there are many changes that have to take place to find true equality yeah. in a different way. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't be afraid to make choices out of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do and when you value it, then society will val- well, they'll follow and they'll value it as well. And so to your point, whether it's, you know, different school systems, you know, national daycare, we need the tools and the resources to support families having two working parents. It doesn't always mean it's a woman, but two working parents. We need more support in order to have it all. Or as individuals, we have to reimagine it and just go start doing something completely differently because it's not, I agree with you, I don't think it's possible anymore to have it all. The way you're expected to work and be productive and be on all the time someone has to give something somewhere. Some sacrifice mm-hmm. has to happen somewhere. Um, whoever is responsible for doing the sacrifice. And I think that that's just, that's part of what this podcast is meant to be getting at is just the creativity that we have to have today in order to say, do I really want it all? And if I do, what do I need in my life to be able to get there? 
And if I don't have those things to support me in getting there, then what is a different kind of all? What, what does it actually look like for me? And how might that be different than the picture that's been painted for us by society so far? The model needs to change. So yeah. there's not a problem with making different choices. And I think if you're really strong in those choices and, and value them, I think, as I said, mm -hmm. I think society will follow along. Yeah. I feel like we're a generation, us and the millennials, I'm like on the border of millennial, but us and the millennials behind us are like, we have to be the generations that make a new amount of change. I cannot tell you how many, when I was pregnant, how many women that I worked with who were older and at the place of having already had their children, et cetera, how many stories I heard of how they worked in the delivery room, how they were on their email or BlackBerry right after having given birth. They went back to work after three weeks, after four weeks. And that wasn't necessarily driven be by a policy. It wasn't because they didn't have time off. It wasn't because they didn't have access to maternity, maternity leave. It was because they felt like if they missed out, they were going to be forgotten. And mm -hmm. I remember feeling that way after having Sloan, like, we had a traumatic birth situation with my first daughter. I should have taken more time off. I should have said three months is not enough. I need more time. But I was like so worried about being forgotten or that missing the opportunity and so focused on wanting to prove that I could have a kid and still maintain my career and continue to grow. And that's because that's what we saw everybody before us do. There was no other mm -hmm. example. There, the yeah. only other examples of women doing it differently were all people who left corporate. <laughs> like they all chose to leave. And corporations are going to be in a world of hurt if all these women continue to just leave in droves. So we've got to figure out a different way for these companies to create space for a different way of working. And not just women, but men too. I mean, right. you know, men, men are expected to parent differently today than they were expected to parent 50 years ago or 20 years ago. And so they do need support too, because they equally have to be somebody willing to leave for dinner and come home and help with all the things at home. It can't just be the woman is only expected to do those things. Men need the support too. Well, and I think the pandemic in a backhanded way helped the working parent because you can work from home now if you choose to. And that's right. a big advantage. Yeah, the flexibility. Yeah. And I hope that companies really think critically about how that has increased capacity. The one thing that was interesting about the pandemic, though, is it just it also increased the expectation of productivity. So because people were now not commuting or, you know, not making the drive, they're able to be on another hour or able to get another mm -hmm. hour's worth of work done. And so there's some like level setting and resetting that still needs to happen because you know, people took on all this extra um, work that I think companies are now still somewhat expecting, even though, even though they, you know, probably it's diminishing returns at some point because people will just burn out. Yeah. Cool. See, mom, it's not so bad. This is fun. This is like a regular mom and Marissa debate. Um, okay. Let's try number two. Let's try Mythbuster okay. number two. Okay. Achievement and productivity are more important than joy and leisure. So how does that sit with you, mom, being someone who is driven toward achievement and, you know, productivity? You like to be busy. 
oh, I do like to be busy, but I also like to play. And I think mm -hmm. that's so important. I think you have to honor your leisure time, you know, carve it out. Um, I, I think uh, I see you as a parent, Mari, who is so involved, such a good parent in spending such quality time with the kids. And I don't think I was always there as a parent. And uh, I think um, I saw the value in taking leisure time and, and getting away whenever I, I needed to. But uh, during the course of the day of, of our children's day, there also was more leisure time mm -hmm. for parents because the, the kids were pretty much, they went out to play and they came home for lunch and they went out again, went to the swimming pool. And, and so I had more leisure time, but I think young mothers now, and maybe it's guilt with the working, I'm not sure what it is, but I, I see a lot of um, helicopter parenting where, and I'm not saying you necessarily, because I do think you spend good quality time with the girls, but I do think that um, you, you have to carve out time for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for the kids to be bored once in a while. They don't need to have activities back to back all the time, every day. Their creativity will kick in more if they have that leisure time themselves. So but I do think it's really important. I think you come back refreshed. I think you need to have that away time and you need to have that leisure time for yourself. Yeah. So go get the manicure, go get the whatever you need to do uh, for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, <laughs> you hit on something because I do think as as working parents, whether it's it's the mom or the dad or or whomever that might be caring for the kids, if you're working and caring for them, I do think it's a guilt thing. It's like I know Scott and I feel this way when you end on a Friday all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got to pack the weekend with everything to do with the family because we didn't have that all week. Um, or even now when I'm picking the kids up at three, it's like, if there's a day that I can't be on at three o'clock to be like with them, I feel this sense of like, well, no, I said I was going to be on at three. Like mm -hmm. I should be there with them at three. They can't just go play. I have to do something and like make it special. Yeah. And I heard another podcast where women were talking about this of just, that it's the kind of the guilt driven, um, we don't almost like a, you don't feel you deserve the extra time because you already got that time with work. And I think for many of us, um, in a privileged state of working, being a working parent. So when, when we're working because we want to, not necessarily because we need the financial capacity, um, to survive. Um, I think you carry, I think as a working parent, when it feels like you're making a choice to work, it feels like um, a luxury in and of itself. And you consider that time away from the kids as like something that's satisfying and fuels you. So then when you get back to being with the kids, you want to put everything you can into them because you almost feel like you already got, you already got your part. Like I already got mm -hmm. my time at the yeah. office or in my job but we forget how much we actually just need leisure and fun alone and play time, yes. and alone time and because yeah. all those things are really important to recharge. And when you're at work, you're giving to somebody and then you mm -hmm. get home and you're giving to the kids and then you still yeah. have a partner or, you know, whatever else, all these other things that you need to try to fit in. Right. Well, and also for the kids, I think, I think it's important not to overbook the kids 
And I see this generation of privileged working parents who are the club sports, for example. You know, they're spending, there's, there's um, extra money now that there mm -hmm. wasn't when I was raising mm -hmm. my kids necessarily. And uh, so they're using, using all these extra financial rewards to um, keep the, the kids time. busy. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's all the time, but, but almost over, overly. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're over, over scheduling and overdoing. And, you know, it's interesting because Scott and I have been thinking about that a lot because we've signed the kids up for a lot of stuff. Like we kind of learned this fall, like what's our balance point? I mean, the kids are four and seven. So we're just at the beginning of all these different extracurriculars and things that could be. And you talk to some parents where it's like they're scheduled you know, in a lot of different things every single day or every single night. And some of that is for care. Like some of that is because if, mm -hmm. if you are a working parent, you want to put them in something extracurricular that serves them differently than school. So you put That's them in true. an aftercare program until six or whatever. In our case, though, we even found ourselves doing it, even though we didn't need the care. We're like, well, but they need mm -hmm. gymnastics and they need soccer and they need ice skating. Oh, and they want ballet. And, da -da -da. and last night we were having this conversation in Sloan now has gotten into, the, well, I want this on this day and this on this day. She's become accustomed to having this entertainment or this activity or this, you know, thing each day. And we kind of looked at each other and it's like, well, gee, are we working to put them in extracurriculars or are we uh, mm -hmm. like, what are we, what are we doing? And, you know, so even in our journey of figuring out how to balance all the things and put all the things in place, like deciding what to put them into and what not to put them into and how much leisure and joy and play do they need in mm -hmm. addition to what we need because sometimes right. they just need an afternoon to come home and do nothing like yeah yeah and relax and i, and I, do, I do think yeah there there needs to be a balance there yeah so mm -hmm. that's something i've noticed though with the, with the younger uh working women and men that um that they are just really over, over, overly scheduling the, the kids with activities, I think. You know, they need that time to ruminate and be creative and just kick back and mm -hmm. um, not do anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there's, there's another myth that I wanted to kind of unpack. Um, so as a working parent, you should always prioritize family outings over a date night or a friend's trip. And this is kind of related to what we were just talking about, but I want to mention it because I did a survey before starting this podcast where the number one piece of feedback from people in terms of the thing they look for the most in their life that they don't currently have is time with their partner or time for themselves. Um, and I found that really interesting because for some reason I was thinking people were going to choose more time with my family. Like I thought as a working parent, people would say, oh, I want more time with my family or with my kids. And I was talking to some friends about the results, you know, afterwards. And they're like, no, of course people don't say that. They're like, they're spending all their free time with their family. They go to work and then they come home and it's like all on with the kids. So they're craving time with friends, time alone with their partner and, you know, those kind of things. And you've always been a big proponent of like taking a trip. You and dad would always take mm -hmm. a trip, just the two of you. Like what's your take on how parents today could like really create some true space for trips or outings without the kids? Well, I think it's just so important. I think you have to carve out time as a couple and uh, not only a date night, um, uh, but also a vacation time, vacation totally away 
Mm -hmm. uh, you just need that. You come back recharged and more interested. You may talk about the kids the whole time you're gone, but when you come, you know, it's, it's just very important. Otherwise, I think once the kids are raised, you kind of look at each other and you don't know each other anymore. All mm -hmm. that time has elapsed and you haven't really stayed bonded and connected. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's vitally important to have that time as a couple. Yeah. Scott we'll babysit anytime. <laughs> I love it. Good. We'll <laughs> drop them off next week. <laughs> um, Scott and I talk about that a lot, though. Like, we're, we'll, like, look at each other and we're like, oh, my gosh, they're going to be 18 before we know it. What will we do with ourselves when they're, you know, out of the house? Everything will be so different. And it's just that reminder that this is a phase, right? This is a period mm -hmm. of time this intensity, we even noticed that from, you know, the time they were two and three to now four and seven, like it changes and it's different and it does get easier in some ways and harder in other ways, but time is fleeting. And yeah, if you just spend the 18 years only focused on them, then you've got 18 years that you missed with your partner right. or, or if people aren't in a partnered situation, spending that time on themselves and, you know, doing things that fill you as a person are equally important um, so that you don't wake up 18 years from now wondering who you are. Um, right. It's important. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks, Mom, for miss busting the myths. That was fun. I'm, we're going to do this every month. Oh, really? Bust a, bust a myth. We're going to pick a <laughs> monthly myth buster with Bev. We'll come up with something catchy. Okay. To, like, Sounds to good. Say that, Sounds that was super good, fun. Mari. <laughs> thank you. Uh -huh. um, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of our first episode. Thank you so much for listening for all of our first time listeners and mom and Jen. Thank you so much for joining and helping me get this going. I'm so excited. And mom, you were the perfect first guest. Um, <laughs> thanks for helping me to bust those myths, mom, and unlocking some new ways of thinking about being a working parent. Um, and to our audience, again, thank you for listening. Our next episode will feature members of the Reimagine Ambition community, otherwise known as my friends, and we'll unpack what's possible when you reimagine ambition. You can find more information about the podcast online on our website at reimagineambition.co. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at reimagineambition. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Amazon, or Google please do subscribe if you like the content, share it with your friends. And on our website, you can find out ways to send us a survey or an email to let us know what you want to hear more about. This is really about building a community. So I hope you'll share your ideas. We appreciate you being here and we'll see you next time.